everybody, and welcome to this episode of This Black Bear Has 28 Minutes, a Kootenai Arts and Culture podcast. This podcast is brought to you by an amazing team of Selkirk College Creative Writing Program students, alongside amazing collaborators from the Kootenai. I'm Kendra, and I'm currently in my second year of creative writing. And I'm Katie. I'm also in my second year of creative writing and will be your host today. If you're looking for ways to connect and get inspired in the Kootenays and beyond, look no further. Each episode features interviews, readings, reflections, and more. So this is our seventh year of publishing the Black Bear Review, and which is like a student-run magazine, which showcases writers from Selkirk College in the Kootenays, and basically anywhere in the world, you are welcome to submit if you wish. Uh, so every year we put out a print magazine, and, and we do a launch party for that. So this year's party is Thursday, April the 13th, 7.30 p.m. at the Baron Sturgeon in Nelson, and we hope to see you there. Yeah, me and another creative writing student, our past creative writing student, Tara May, who's also the managing editor of The Black Bear, are hosting that night, so please come. Um, this episode that we're on right now is featuring readers who actually got their work published in this print magazine. Yeah, that's the dream. Um, doesn't it feel kind of like that's really the badge that makes you a writer? Absolutely, absolutely. I know when I got published, it made me have a little bit of a ego, more of an ego. Um, <laughs> so anyway, I guess we'll just start off. Um, first, we'll start with Greg. Hi, Greg. Can you tell us um, the name of your piece and a bit about the inspiration for it? Yeah, so the name of my piece is I Am of the Earth. It was really inspired by, you know, growing up in the Kootenays um, in my hometown of Proctor um, in a very rural setting around here and, you know, not really having a lot of connections as far as friends went because of the distance and especially um, lack of family for, you know, growing up an only child basically in the mountains um, with parents that weren't really around all that often and the ability of the lands here to kind of take the place of what would have been there by by humans in a lot of ways and, and how enriching that was for me. Cool. I'm really excited to hear it. I love the name and I love, you said Proctor, right? Yeah, right. Proctor is so beautiful. It's such a different world of the Kootenays. Yeah, definitely. Okay, cool. So I guess we'll have you read now. Okay. Um, so I've selected a short passage from my creative nonfiction piece and I'll read that for you now. I step out from a room that isn't mine to a hallway and a door that isn't either. Long ago, home did exist in some small village now so far away. I go there. I see the house from the outside and know I will never see it any other way again. In my mind, my mother and father are there like grains of sand that escape the hourglass only to be swept away with wind. I take a breath of this place and stumble down to where my legs once smaller carried me. There are no houses now. There are no faces either. It is only then as I stand under open sky amongst the trees and atop familiar train tracks that I realize what was once thought wanting for had been mine all along. My home has never been a house. It is not made from walls, floor, and roof, but an expanse wide and high as eyes can see and memories recall the borders. Beneath my feet lies a track of earth that stretches east to west a liminal hallway of thick planks and gravel lined with banisters of metal to guide me however far I wish to walk. The pungent scent of tar below enriches the air, 
swells up and points me on towards a million destinations. My rooms await along the trek, beyond banks adorned with sweeping brush over paths that spiral up or down to brooks and beaches and hidden nooks that solely I, the tenant, know from where to leave the track and find. In these places, my beds are made from moss stitched deep across a frame of stone, providing better rest than any built within the confines of man. The bath of a house may wash my skin, but the lakes and streams here possess the power to cleanse one's very soul. Yet should I choose to simply roam, solely seeking somewhere beautiful where my heart can hum, I may look around from anywhere and stop and be already there. Long ago, a train must have cut the cord from my belly to the earth, for it feels as though the truest womb from which I was born. I look over my shoulder to see the swelling river, a turquoise dark and rich that is surely the color of my own blood. In us both, I see the mountains. They offer more protection than I had ever felt from panels and paint. I feel their weight as my own. And I look upon the great hills expanding at my sides, these walls of my residence colored emerald or amber or diamond, trees raised high that through the seasons watched me grow. My heart is made from their wood, and I have been carved a marionette made to move my limbs beneath their own. The mountains and forests are the family with which I share my home, and I find within them my primordial belonging. Here, we resonate. I need no stairs or rail to reach the highest floors. Eagerly, they invite my steps onto their peaks, drinking up each drop of sweat towards their heart. Yet even when I reach the top, something in me carries on higher, where the sky designs no apex. Thank you so much, Mary. That was beautiful. I don't know if you've ever written poetry, but oh my God. Yeah. It sounds like poetry. Yes. It does. There's so many like amazing images. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you a line. Times. Yeah. A line that really stuck out to me was uh, where you say, My home has never been a house. Uh, because I've always thought those conversations are interesting, like to talk about the meaning of a home versus a house. And I like how that sentiment was a theme. like throughout your piece yeah definitely thank you both so much i really appreciate the the chance to read it yeah thanks so much greg okay so next we'll go with liana fibler uh liana can you tell us a bit about your poem and sort of like what your inspiration was for that before you read sure um, so my poem is called Roslyn Range, and it was inspired by a um, evening snowshoe picnic um, that friends and I went on last winter up to the Seven, Seven, Seven Summits cabins. And um, yeah, it was lovely up there. So um, walking back down, uh, that's where the poem kind of started in my brain was on the mm -hmm. hike down. That's the best origin story for a poem. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, some of my best poetry comes on like walks. It just like comes from nowhere. It just, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, it just hits you. Yeah, but like a snowshoe picnic, like of course you're going to get a poem from that. <laughs> yeah, it was good. Um, let me just pull it up here and I'll read it. Okay, thank you. Rosalind Range. A river of fog in the valley bottom, churning and billowing rapids of clouds, lift against rocky outcroppings on the mountain below. Half moon waning, planets shine like stars. During dinner, a sunset painted the sky, and afterward, we hiked down from the cabin, headlamps and moonlight. 
Cassiopeia always circling as penance for her vanity. I took off my gloves to run my bare fingers on the tree's rough creased surfaces, bark still warm from the February sunlight, needles tipped with frost. Pleiades, the seven sisters, hide from Orion. As darkness envelops us, fear tickles my spine, yet above the sky is so open, constellations so familiar from my Kootenai childhood. Snow echoes under our boots, the sound hollow against the trees. Snaps. <laughs> Thank you. I never get tired of hearing your poetry and I really do encourage you to like, try to get a grant to make a little book of all of your like Kootenai poetry. Um, Cause I think, yeah, it's one of your callings. I'm not gonna say mm -hmm. it's <laughs> Thank you. You're a diverse woman. You've got range. <laughs> um, thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks so much, Liana. Okay, next we'll have Lazarus Reese. Hi, Laz. Can you tell us a bit about your piece? Hey, um, my piece is called Her Call. Um, for me, this piece was really my break into um, the horror genre. Um, I grew up being kind of a, a scaredy cat um, and kind of recently within the last couple of years discovered um, how fun and interesting horror can be. Um, so after watching uh, a movie called The Lighthouse, which this is heavily inspired by, um, I decided to create this um, and I've been writing horror pieces ever since. Um, but yeah, I can start to read it now. Cool. Sneaking the keys away from the old man was not hard. The stupid old bastard always slept like a rock. I climbed the long spiral staircase leading me to my quarry. My mind wandered for a moment as I thought back to the pieces of paper lying on the table of our cabin, the laws that we'd created. I finally realized that they were nothing but a restraint from me getting to her, to that lovely luminance forever shining across the waves. Slowly, methodically, I'm the stair, determined to reach her. I did not hear him climb the stairs behind me unbeknownst. I did not notice him standing behind me either, drool dripping from his maw and rage, watching. The keys slid into place and clicked satisfyingly. I'd finally made it to the top. I would finally bask in her cleansing light. Her promise of salvation whispered and echoed around my mind as I pushed the door open. But my body would not move. His hand clamped onto the nape of my neck. I strained against his grip. His hot breath whispered in my ear. She is mine, boy, not yours. My veins ran cold as ice, as I could feel every finger dig into me, tight enough to draw blood. His grip flexed and ripped in my skin as he threw back his hand, dragging me backwards and over the railing at the top of the lighthouse. I was so close to her, and as I plummeted, wind whistling, arms flailing, I screamed, for what else is one to do when torn away from what they love most? Even as I fell and spun, the pole never stopped. When it was almost over, when I had almost reached the ground, an idea comforted me. I thought, 
I will be a part of her. My blood will seep into the cracks, becoming one with her foundation. The cement and I will mix, and I will have won. No longer will she be the sailors. She will be mine. The screech of the air and myself intertwined as I careened towards the ground, twisting and wrenching. She was the last thought that ran through my mind before I hit my design and forever came to rest. Finally, I was satiated and victorious. My conviction had never wavered, even as my last breath did. Dark, I love it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, gave me chills. Yeah, you thank are you, a thank you. We all know mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Thank you so much. I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Our next reader will be Jen Hammersmark. Uh, Dr. Jen, do you mind telling us a bit about your piece and sort of what inspired you to write it, et cetera? Thanks, Kendra. And thanks, Katie. I really appreciate you having me on the show today. Uh, this Thank is you. a hard Yeah, this is a hard one. Um, this piece. First of all, I'd like to say I've been writing poetry since I was super, super young. And I think it's something that kept me alive during those gross teenage girl years where you basically want to kill yourself most nights. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> writing poetry was a way to get the inside out and, and keep me sane and alive. And it's interesting because you fast forward to, you know, I'm almost 60 years of age and and, you know, I still have hard things in my life like everybody. And I lost somebody very, very special to me and very, very close to me um, to an opioid overdose. And it's weird to think that his death um, anniversary next month is five years and it feels like it was yesterday. So this particular poem um, is to him, for him, about him. My poem is entitled Grief. Grief is sticky green like gum on the bottom of my shoe. Grief is pungent, the stench, hanging in the air, no escape from its tendrils, forever grabbing relentlessly. Grief is a stale sour lemon with mold forming on the edges, creeping into my mouth. Grief is warm and inviting, until I begin to settle into its embrace. Then it smothers me, robbing the air from my lungs, choking the life out of me. Grief is smooth and slippery. As the grade increases, it is challenging to stay upright, falling, sliding into darkness, the light barely visible. Grief becomes friend, hanging around, keeping me company, keeping me stuck. A bad friend who pretends to be supportive. Grief is a liar that promises to stay forever so I won't forget. To keep his memory alive, to be respectful. Grief is an unwanted guest that has stayed far too long lingering in my heart, living in my thoughts, pervading my dreams, robbing me of joy, of peace. 
Goodbye, my friend. The time has come for you to go. I must live again, and I won't forget how important he was. I am sorry. You mattered. I tried. I loved you, and I have grown. Thank you so much, Jen. Yeah, thank you so much. I remember when I when I read that for the first time, I was like, yeah, this <laughs> it's it's like almost, you know, sort of like the painful, some of the like icky lines almost. Mm. Absolutely. No, I love the line, the unwanted guest that had stayed too long. Like that image just like has infiltrated your space and your, mm -hmm. your brain. Um, yeah. And you don't really know how to like get it to get them to leave. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. Thanks so much, Jen. And you're welcome. And thank you again for having me. Yeah. Okay. Uh, last we'll hear from Claire Fantis. Hi. <laughs> Do you mind telling us like sort of a bit about your piece and the inspiration behind that before you go forth and read? Sure. This piece was inspired by the first solo vacation I quote unquote vacation <laughs> I spent with my young boys um, in the Stilcan Valley last summer. And I was sitting at the beach, the Nacusp Beach, if you know it, and staring off, watching them play and be somewhat destructive. And um, this piece came to me. So I'll read a few paragraphs from the beginning um, of this short uh, piece. It's called Vectors. They're splashing in the frigid lake, my boys dumping heaps of glacial water on top of each other's heads with glee. Prancing in their underwear around the beach, climbing onto, onto other people's paddle boards and inflatable water toys. Eli, don't touch that, please. It's not ours. Words fallen on deaf ears. They have now immersed themselves in a giant fluorescent unicorn raft still on the shore, belonging to a school of adolescence. Who the fuck brought that here, I think? It's ridiculous. Another boy digs a hole in the sand. His mother pats it firmly as he pours water in from his pail. I see you're trying to make a river here, she says. The hole caves in. That's frustrating when you work so hard and it's falling apart. Her voice has a sing-song melody, a stream of consciousness quality, like it's not only her speaking, but you and me and the boy and the universe. The mother's hair is a curly blonde, her frame petite, dressed in something unmemorable, but just right, a cotton dress and a pair of Birkenstocks, her skin golden from the bubbling heat of the Slocan Valley in July. Are you sick of me, mommy? Eli's arms are now wrapped around my neck, his knees in my lap. I open my legs and give him a nudge to the ground. Now that he's five, he's gotten heavier. Of course not. When did I ever say that? You boys are my world. I'm racking my brain. Had I said something to make him believe such a thing? In the throes of my divorce, I had trouble remembering. 
but please don't climb on the raft. It's not ours. The mother talks to the father who's waiting in the lake. He has a kind face, unshaven and relaxed. She talks and plays effortlessly, boy and father sated by her sheer presence, pretending nature. Do you think this will be a good move for us? She asks him. Well, we can always come back here to Canada. You can take some time to do your training, get the certificates you need. We'll be close to my family. His voice has an energy to it, a direction. I suddenly imagine those diagrams from high school with the plane and the wind and the arrows. A vector has both magnitude and direction. I was shit at physics, but remembered that phrase. Look at those phallic lines with the hat on the end, never doubting, never veering, like this blessed vector family. Their hearts beat, they are pregnant with possibility. I stare at them like a UFO has landed, one-eyed aliens talking gibberish, the language of bright spirits or believers. Thank you so much, Claire. Thank you, Claire. I love, love this unicorn raft image. Made me giggle. Mm -hmm. And just all the little vivid uh, parts that make it up, make up this story. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah. Okay, so um, I just want to go through and thank all these amazing writers who agreed to be on the podcast today. Uh, takes a certain amount of braverism to go forth and, you know, bear forth your soul. Mm -hmm. So uh, thanks so much again, uh, Greg Elliott, Liana Fiddler, Lazarus Reese. And Jen Hammersmark and Claire Fantas. Thank you all so much. People can purchase copies of the magazine at Otter's Books, notably in the Kasagar bookstore after the launch, so after the 13th of April. Yeah, you can read all these pieces in print with, with uh, along with, sorry, and look at the pieces of art that uh, Selkirk students have made for the print magazine as well to go along with these pieces. If you want to read your own work on our podcast, don't hesitate. You can send your pieces to the blackbearreview at gmail.com. That's blackbearreview at gmail.com. All one word with the subject line, podcast guest reader submission. We would love to hear more amazing writers and authors read your own work on our podcast and so submit please and don't forget to check out our play page blackbearreview.ca for all your Kootenai poetry fiction nonfiction, and art needs and follow us on Facebook and Instagram it'll be just under Black Bear Review as well and of course join us again next episode for more amazing conversations and performances. We're so excited to share another season of inspiration and artistic expression when we meet again. Thanks so much, everyone. Once again, and goodbye for now.